0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit EverynationRosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. on behalf of God. Be healed. Blind men see. That's how we communicate on behalf of God. But we first got to know what God is asking us to communicate on His behalf into our world, into our situations, into our circumstances. Do you see that prayer is not just a nice to have? It's not optional, it's essential to our identity as Christ followers. Prayer is how we implement and action God's plans here on the earth. And if we are not going to do it, who will? Who else is in cooperation with God on earth? No one. It's our God-given destiny. Our prayers bring heaven to earth. The will of God, His kingdom come. God's will cannot manifest on the earth without our prayers. Jesus taught us this when he showed us how to pray. I have this on a slide. Are we going? Okay. Matthew 6, there we go, 9 to 10. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. This is what we're supposed to be praying in our partnership with God. Our partnership is Godward. Your kingdom, your will, not Chantel's kingdom, Chantel's will. The scriptures task us to be praying without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and even Jesus still prays, and he is Lord of all. Look at this in Romans 8.34, Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. We see that Jesus is still in full cooperation with God's plans and purposes on the earth. Even though he's seated in the throne at the right hand of the Father, he is still cooperating with him. And he's doing it through what? Prayer. Back to our text. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Notice that things happen through our partnership of prayer with God. Things happen. It's done. But notice the condition to it being done. It starts with an active partnership with God where we are cooperating with his purposes towards his determined end. Prayer is first a position before it is an utterance. I'm gonna repeat that. Prayer is first a position before it is an utterance. It's a position of active cooperation in partnership with God. God. And Watchman Nee gives us a useful and powerful illustration of our role in prayer, in partnership with God. And I really hope and pray that this image stays burned in your soul forever and helps you in building and developing your prayer life. He says this, Our prayers lay down the tracks upon which God's power runs. Like a mighty locomotive, His power is irresistible, but it cannot reach us without rails. Our prayers are laying down tracks. We are laying down tracks. Our prayers are building a railway network for the plans and purposes of God on the earth. And I want to show you what this looks like practically in our lives through the story of Hannah. Now, I could have chosen a gazillion examples in the Scriptures because there are so many of men and women working in cooperation with God's plans and purposes. But I've chosen Hannah because she is one of my favorites, but her story also teaches us some important principles of prayer that each one of us can gain Gain. Truth from. You see, God has determined a specific end. He has a purpose. He has determined something needs to happen on the earth. And He, he uses Hannah to set this partnership up to ensure that His plans and His purposes are are realized on the earth. And I wanna show you how he does this with Hannah. There's so many parallels with our own life. Let me give you some background. Hannah is married to a man called Elkanah and he has two wives, Hannah and another lady by the name who I hope it's Penina. I'm just gonna say Penina. Now Penina has children and Hannah has none. Not a big deal for you and I in the year 2022. But in Hannah's day, a disaster. A woman's status in her family was determined by her ability to have children. Not just in her family, but in society. And if she couldn't have children, she was often ostracized. If not set aside, and divorced. It was a low status. It was, it was a harsh reality for Hannah to live with in her time. And she carried the social stigma of barrenness. It was like a neon sign wherever she went as a married woman in that day in society. She had no hope for the future, no extension of family into the future. She was in a bad place. She had a situation, a circumstance that was hard. Now, each year, the family would make an annual pilgrimage to go and make a sacrifice to God. Now, in the law, they were required to do this three times, We don't know which one it was that they were doing, but the three were the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Every Jewish family would make a pilgrimage to the temple and sacrifice to God. So here they are. They're going to make their sacrifice. And here in public, the social shame of Hannah's situation is heightened heightened, and to make matters worse, Panina will not let her forget it. She's got kids. And she's, I'm all that. And look at you, Hannah. You are less than. You are less than. You have no value to society or to this family. In fact, you're a burden. And this is where we pick up the story. First Samuel 1 verse 7. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her, speaking of Penina. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. This was Hannah's reality for a number of years. The Bible doesn't tell us how many, but we know that it went on year after year. So Hannah's in a prolonged situation of pain, of hurt, of suffering of shame, of feeling less than. She's devastated, desperate, inconsolable. Hannah wants a child. This is her heart's cry and she turns to God in prayer. Look at verse nine to 10. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was Deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. We get insight into the condition of Hannah's soul, her situation. But I want you to notice the kind of prayer Hannah is praying. Read with me from verse 12. I will read. You don't have to read out loud with me. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. Remember, Hannah had been drunk fed the script that she was less than. She didn't have the confidence and the boldness you and I have to stand and pray out loud. She was probably cowering. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I'm a woman troubled in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Hannah is pouring her soul out before God in prayer. Have you ever poured your soul out? Your pain, your devastation, your disappointment, your hopelessness, your shame, whatever it is, have you ever poured it out before the Lord in prayer? This is the place she's in. She's praying from a very deep place. But what is God doing? Remember, we started with the illustration of Hannah saying God's got a purpose and he's setting Hannah up for partnership in his purpose. What is God doing through Hannah's situation? God's using her barrenness to push her into a position of partnership through prayer. He's using her pain, her devastation, her situation and circumstance that will not relent to push her closer into cooperation with His purposes because He has determined something must take place on the earth and I need a partner. I need a partner to partner with me, to lay down tracks so my power can come, my plans and purposes can come into the earth. What was that end? You see, God was getting ready to move the nation of Israel from the rule of judges to a kingdom, to the rule of a king. This king David was a foreshadow of Jesus, who would be the king of kings and the ultimate realization of the kingdom of God, the very one you and I live in today because of Jesus Christ. God is getting ready to do this, but He needs a man on the earth. He needs a man on the earth who would be in full cooperation with His plans and purposes so that this transition would happen seamlessly so that He would eventually get David on the throne and He would eventually be able to set up the lineage of Jesus Christ. This is critical for God to happen on the earth. But to get to Samuel, he first needs Hannah. He needs Hannah. He needs Hannah's barrenness to push her into closer cooperation with him. And to sit there, to sit there until what? Until her desires, the cry of her heart, aligns with His purpose. You see, God doesn't just want to give Hannah a baby. He wants to give her a baby that she will give back to Him for His purposes. Now, had he answered her prayer the first time she went into pouring out her soul, do you think she would have given Samuel to God? I don't know about you, but it takes me a good long while to see my life the way God sees it. It takes me a good long while sitting in prayer to see things the way God sees things. I see things my way very easily. I don't see His way that easily. It takes me time to sit in my disappointments, my pain, my devastation, my hurt, in my place of prayer to align my will with His. I don't roll out of bed in the morning having a will that's aligned with His. I don't know about you, but we know that Hannah was like you and I. So God leaves her there year after year after year. And as she's laying tracks, as she's pouring out her heart, something is happening in Hannah's soul. He's aligning her heart's cry with His purpose. Sometimes God will leave you and I waiting on an answer for prayer because we are not flowing Godward in our partnership with Him. James 4 verse 3, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. There's one thing the Father's passionate about. It's his plans and purposes. They will be accomplished. He finally gets through to Hannah. We don't know how long it took. But look at verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. God has all his tracks laid out on the earth through Hannah's prayers for his plans of Samuel to come so that he can can transition Israel from the rule of judges to the rule of a king. He has the track laid out for King David to set up the lineage of Jesus Christ. Shortly after that, Hannah conceives. She gives birth to Samuel. She stays faithful to her vow. And After she's weaned him, she takes him to the temple to be raised under the priest Eli as a priest and a prophet set apart solely for God's purposes. Now I don't have time to tell you about how magnificent Samuel was as a vessel for God and his purposes on the earth. You will need to go and read 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel to see just what God was able to achieve and accomplish through the life of Samuel. Hannah didn't know this. She just wanted a baby. She just wanted her situation to go away because it was so hard. It was unbearable. She woke up with that shame every morning. She went to bed with that shame every morning. She wasn't interested in the plans and purposes of God. She just wanted a baby. You and I just want our situation to go away. We just want God to move and answer our prayer. We don't care about his plans and purposes. Let's be real. Or am I the only one? He's got to push me through my frustration, my hurt, my desperation, my hopelessness into that place of partnership. And I don't know about you, but I pour my soul out in prayer. Through those things, I pour my soul out in prayer. None of what Samuel achieved, none of what God set up through that transition, of the nation of Israel and setting up David on the throne, none of that could have happened without Hannah. I wonder what he's wanting to do through you and I. I wonder what he's wanting to set up on the earth through our current situation. situation where we are agonizing over our condition. How is this relevant to us? Beloved, our partnership flows Godward, not meward. It flows Godward. Godward. We must get that. And he's always working through our lives. He will seize every opportunity in our lives to push us in the direction of God with partnership. To push us the way he pushed Hannah into that position of prayer in partnership with him, laying down tracks for His plans and purposes. His kingdom come to come on the earth. And as we pray, we are building railway networks for His power, His purpose as we pray. Our needs are an opportunity for partnership with God. That's what Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 verse 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these needs you have will be added to you. Our needs are an opportunity to partner with God. Hannah had a need. It was an opportunity to partner with God. This is not something we can do in and of ourselves. We need the help of the Lord. We need the help of His Spirit. We need His empowering grace to help us partner with Him. I asked two questions at the beginning. Why is prayer essential to our Christian life? Because prayer is a continual expression of our active partnership with God. Why is it important that I pray continually and keep developing in my prayer life? John Wesley says it best, God does nothing but in answer to pray. Now, if this is true, and it is, we've just seen from Scripture that it is, then if we don't pray and pray continually and keep developing in our prayer lives and how we lay down tracks, God's plans and purposes cannot be fulfilled on the earth. We are tasked with laying down tracks so His immeasurable power can come. His kingdom, His will. Beloved, it's this simple. If we are not praying and continually developing in our prayer life, we are not in partnership with God. Won't you stand with me? The more tracks we lay, the more God's will is realized on the earth. This was the secret to Jesus' ministry. He spent more time laying tracks than he did doing things for God. Miles Monroe makes this observation in his book, Understanding the Purpose and Power of Prayer. He says, From scripture, we can see that Jesus spent about four to five hours of prayer every morning. This is a side from the uh, the extra time he spent praying throughout the day. He would spend four to five hours of time in prayer in the morning and then he would go out with his disciples and in two seconds, he would heal a blind man. In two minutes, he would cast out demons. In one minute, he would cleanse a leper. But he had spent four to five hours laying tracks for the power of God to come. we do it the other way around. We spend four days trying to cast out a demon in one moment and pray. Let me ask you this morning, what does your prayer railway network look like? Does it look like that picture? Does your partnership look like this picture on the left for God? Is there an extensive network He can rely on you to build for His plans and purposes on the earth? Or is there this lone track that's hardly used? Your railway network is a clear indication of the level of cooperation you are giving God. And then let me ask you, what direction are your tracks going in? Do they go Godward? Are you laying tracks Godward? Or you would? you to spend a few moments laying some tracks. Won't you just pray and lay some tracks for your partnership with God? Renew your partnership with Him. Just spend some time praying however you pray. If it's in in your heart, in the Spirit, out loud, just lay some tracks. then I want you to be courageous and pray this prayer with me. Won't you raise your hands and say with me, if this is what you mean in your heart, Father, let me be like Hannah. Push me, push me into partnership with you. Use my circumstances and situations to push me into alignment with you. I want to be like Hannah, Lord. We ask it together in Jesus' name. Amen.